and welcome into Heavy Hitters. Everybody here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KOR Kutztown, Jack Heim, Mitchell Smedley. We are back after our break. So glad to be with you for two hours of sports talk right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Oh my goodness, Mitch. So much has happened since we've last been on the airwaves. A lot to get into today. NFL, a cold stove instead of a hot stove here in the MLB offseason. We'll talk about the very little that's transpired. Uh, we have some NHL to discuss as hockey is in full swing. And if time permits, we have to update you on the state of college basketball as is. We are less than two months away from Selection Sunday. March Madness is closer than you think. All right, a lot to talk about. Let's get right into it and let's start with the most hot button issue here in the world of sports got to talk about the NFL playoffs so much has transpired and it was an eventful divisional round weekend uh Mitch let's get right into it but first off how you doing buddy I'm all right man I am uh you know made it through the first day I didn't have too heavy of a uh, of a workload today just one class on opening day so my real uh, my real test is tomorrow Got a whole whole day of festivities planned. Whoa, Abby takes a tumble. Uh, anyways, yeah, so much is going on. So much pain and misery in Philly sports, and that the streak continues. The Eagles with a historic collapse. We'll get into all of that and more, as you mentioned. But uh, first, we got to talk about divisional weekend before we can look uh, before we can look even further in the past. But uh, man. Are you enjoying the script so far, Jack? Are you enjoying the the rigged NFL that we're watching? It's everything that I thought it would be in terms of the divisional round weekend. We'll get into the analysis here uh, in just one second here as I get myself yep. further situated. After a terrible two and four, or no, one and five? I forget what I went. Uh, no, I had two. I had the Bills and the Bucks. So after a two and four wildcard weekend, I came back strong with a three uh, and one divisional for my picks. So there we go, buddy. That went well. There we go. All right. Um, on my end here, let's talk about uh, what happened this weekend. Yes, you went through one of your picks, and that is very good for you. But let's start in the AFC. Let's start with the first game of the divisional round slate of games. It was the Saturday afternoon game between the one seed in the AFC and the four seed in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens and the Houston Texans. 34-10, Baltimore won this football game. It was a nail-biter in the first half, 10-10 at the break. Uh, the Texans highlighted with a Steven Sims 67-yard punt return touchdown to keep, the, keep them right in the thick of it, but really outside of the break. The Ravens came out and dominated the next 30 minutes of football. They imposed their will on Houston and got out of there with a convincing win. The, I think, consensus best team in football is going on to the AFC title, Mitch. Correct. Uh, I was on this Sit September, mocked on this show, but I told you the Baltimore Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are an outstanding football team with an outstanding quarterback. Lamar Jackson. Quarterback. Quarterback. You like that uh, That emphasis? Yeah. Lamar Jackson is what people in Philly thought Jalen Hurts was. Lamar Jackson is the actual manifestation of that. Lamar Jackson is very talented. He's having a great season. And he has some decent receivers around him. They're not overwhelming you with the, with the best receiver talent on the planet or the best skill make uh, skill positions as a whole. Even Mark Andrews was injured, right? For did he come back this week or is that next week? Um, I was at a function during this game, so I, didn't I don't get know. To I didn't watch the whole game. I watched the second it. half. Yeah, so I think he's coming back next week. If I if I remember the report I read properly, so 
The Ravens, the key to them is their defense. Outstanding defensive play. Uh, as you mentioned, the defense only gave up, what, three points? Three points? Yeah. Seven came on the, on the, punt, on the return. punt return. Yep. So an outstanding showing from the Baltimore defense. Could not be, uh, be more happy with their play. I've seen this coming for, for a while now. They had a rocky start, the loss to the Colts. Oh, my goodness, what's going on? But they have really rounded into form down the stretch. They're going to be the winners of the AFC. Yeah, this this Ravens team looks like a juggernaut to run into right now, especially with the uh, the winner of our last AFC Divisional match that we'll talk about last because it was the last game scheduled, uh, and that was a thriller at that. But the Ravens look so strong. They have two fantastic coordinators alongside longtime head coach John Harbaugh. Um, he is an incredible coach. That is the reason he's been with the Ravens for so long. But but what Todd Munkin uh, and I believe Mike McDonald is the name of their defensive coordinator. I'm going to fact check that yep. real quick so I don't look like a fool. But you do that anyways. What both of those guys have done has been remarkable in terms of the success uh, of that football team. Uh, yes, it is Mike McDonald. I was right. Uh, what, what those two guys have done to account for the success of this Ravens team, Mike McDonald has done so much with his defense that the way that they function is so incredibly high. The amount of, you know, they have a lot of talented players, as it is. But you need a guy behind it to be a true mastermind, and that's exactly what Mike McDonald is. And then you look at Todd Munkin. I mean, this guy has the you know chance to do something that not a lot of coaches can say they, they've done. Win back-to-back national championships like he did at Georgia, and then come to the NFL his first year and win a Super Bowl with the Ravens. He's two it, wins away from that happening. It's very impressive. It's amazing what your football key, team can do with some uh, with some proper coordinators. You want to win championships? Get Todd Munkin. Absolutely, Todd uh, Todd Munkin is uh, looking outstanding. Got that defense playing at such a high level. I mean, well, he's look the what they did. Coordinator, but McDonald's defense. I meant oh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I totally got it mixed up. Yeah, you had me. You had my head spinning there. Yeah, I'm second, sorry, buddy. You're good. Um, no, look at what the the Ravens were able to do. Even more impressive than these two playoff games, because I'm sorry, one playoff game because they had a first round bye because they're that good. But even more impressive than blowing out the Houston Texans, who limped into the playoffs, a lot of injuries, rookie quarterback, the whole thing. By the way, very successful season, a lot to build on here for Houston. Yes, but even more impressive than that was, I believe it was Christmas night, what they did to the 49ers. We were on break at this point, so we haven't talked about it in the show domination of what was commonly thought to be the best team in the NFL. Four interceptions of the mid, mid, mid quarterback, Brock Purdy. Uh, it was it was pure domination on offense. It was pure domination on defense. I could not be happier with how the Ravens are playing. It's been consistent, and they, they flexed their muscles again uh, and avoided what happened to them in 2019 off, off a 14-2 season. They go in facing Tennessee off a first-round bye, and they completely folded in that game. So, Baltimore is now on a on a very deep playoff run, and I expect it to continue. Any rust that could have been there got knocked off after the first half. They only had 10 points. It was tied going into halftime, and then they exploded for 24 more points in the second. So this team is only uh, only improving once they get further away from that bye. Yes, they, they have really... Really done an impressive job. Um, real quick, before we get back into our breakdown of this game, we do have a message from the KUR Notebook. Attention, KU community. Want KUR at your event? No problem. Go to www.kutztown.edu forward slash KUR. Find live events slash remotes, read their minors, and fill out the form. A promotional director or an eboard member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks' notice to even consider your event no exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, 
K-U-R. One more announcement before we get back into it, Jack. I know exactly what you're going to say. Just to remind everyone, if you'd like to uh, voice your thoughts on the Ravens or, or anything more local or anything that we talk about over the course of the show, the number to get involved, 610-683-4058. Don't hesitate. Call now. Operators are standing by. Big, beautiful operators. And uh, they'll take your call. 610-683-4058. Ruben, you better call me. I heard you called the uh, the overnight group on New Year's, and I am expecting to vent fully about this Eagles team with you at some point this week. So I'm sure we'll hear from Ruben sooner rather than later. Uh, just such a such a consistent force on this show, right, Jack? Yes. Gotta love it. Yes, he Gotta is. Love it. Uh, getting back to my breakdown, you mentioned Houston, and I want to talk about them real quick before I go deeper on the Ravens. Sure. Uh, it's incredible what they did in year one with the first-year head coach in D'Amico Ryan's coming over from San Francisco, being their defensive coordinator last year. What he was able to do was incredible with this roster, right? And the future is so bright with the Texans. You look at them, they have the fourth most cap space of any team in the league going into the offseason. They're going to be willing and able to make moves to further enhance this younger roster, maybe get some more veteran-laden players in here to help with that youth. This offense looks like a dynamo for years to come with C.J. Stroud at the quarterback. Nico Collins is an incredible receiver. They're going to be getting Tank Dell back next year. The The duo of Dalton Schultz and Brevin Jordan at tight end. Those two guys I like their tight are incredible as well. Not just blocking, but receiving as well. Uh, this is a Houston offense who is going to be towards the top of the league, I think, for many years to come. The defense has a lot of young talent. They're coming along. I like Will Anderson. I like Derek Stingley, a couple of their top draft picks in the past couple of years. Uh, Christian Harris at the linebacker, he's a decent move uh, that they got along back in that Deshaun Watson trade. And by the way, how much have they looked like gangbusters from that deal? I mean, are you kidding me? How much they got back in, in terms of tangible assets from the Deshaun Watson deal has been incredible. It looks Nothing like short the of a worst for the, deal for the Texans. ever. For the for the Browns, and that's why that's what these organizations need to figure out. The mega deals that involve no. quarterbacks do not work out for the teams that give up the quarterbacks. Right? You look at the Broncos; they gave up. You know, they they no, they, they get the quarterback. They get the quarterback. That's what I'm saying. Sorry, yeah. works out for the team that get the quarterback. It didn't work out. I mean, the Broncos did nothing in Russell Wilson's tenure. It looks like they're going to cut him in this offseason. And it's because Houston has the formula for winning in the NFL. Uh, a formula, actually, that the Ravens are, are starting to break, but that builds that uh, consistent success, consistent playoff appearances and runs and everything is you, first of all, you have to get the quarterback right out of the draft. You have to get the quarterback right. Yep. And then on the rookie on the rookie deal, you have to have a, a quarterback that develops fast, first of all. And then you have to quickly have talent uh, placed around the quarterback. You have to have a little bit of talent placed there before him because you can't go out and get everyone. Uh, you have to have a few guys on rookie deals. Houston has that, right? They got Tank Dell. They got, uh, obviously, the quarterback figured out, like, totally easy. Uh, Will Anderson, like you said, and this is a team, you mentioned fourth most cap space. This is a team that has shown they're willing to be aggressive. After picking C.J. Stroud with a second pick, they went up and traded up to the third overall pick. So this is an aggressive team. This is a front office that knows what they're doing finally. They haven't had that there in Houston in quite some time. And uh, and they have a lot of the talent building blocks already there. Go out, add to it with some veterans this season. And uh, Houston, Houston is here to, is here to stay and here to play. And if the Jaguars continue to be the Jaguars, this will be Houston's division for years to come. I agree. I mean, they already have the best quarterback in the division, right? They have I, one of the best quarterbacks in, in the league. league. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's the I think slam dunk rookie of the year. 
I think it's so easy. It is. I don't know if we've ever had an award in terms of Rookie of the Year be so like easy to agree upon pretty much upon everybody just with how good C.J. Stroud performed this year. Uh, but I want to get back to Baltimore. Let's talk about the winner of this game more so. Houston is such a bright future to look forward to. This is just a building block. It wasn't about this year. It was never about this no, year. No, it, was, yeah, it wasn't. It was, it's about years to come. They won a year. playoff game this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that defense that we just kind of like, yeah, they're coming. Like, they, had two, they had two pick sixes in a playoff game. Yeah. So they, they, have, some, they have some studs. They do, for sure. Uh, but back to Baltimore. I mean, Lamar is going to win his second MVP. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Has to be him. Um, it's going to be a battle of two-time MVPs in the AFC Championship game. We discuss who the team they'll be meeting. Is if you don't already know, uh, but it, Lamar, what he's been doing this year, it's just been systematically tearing down opponents one after another. Really, I mean. He just looks like a machine. He does. I mean, this is the best version of Lamar we've ever seen. It's the most confident Lamar we've ever seen. Exactly. He's he not... just looks so comfortable back there in the pocket. I'll let exactly. you finish your point in one second. Yeah, he looks so poised in the pocket, he's not looking to run on first instinct anymore. He's willing to step up in a pocket that's a little bit messy and deliver a ball over the middle of the field. He's using his legs so tactically that it's a weapon that the defense doesn't know how to prepare for anymore. You know, in the past, you could say, hey, if it breaks down, Lamar's going to use his legs. We're going to have a spy on him at all times. You need to spy on Lamar, but you never know now when he's going to take off. Like, you never know. It's it's so unpredictable, and that's what really made, is made the Ravens so good this year. What is special about this year, Lamar, from other quarterbacks that have the mobility he has? There's one very close uh, geographically to where we are right now, if you, know, if you catch my drift. The difference between Lamar and these second-tier quarterbacks... Wonder who he's referencing. No, that's a that's a fifth tier quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> but the difference between Lamar and these other guys, Lamar is no longer, and the difference between Lamar this year and past years of Lamar, he's no longer running for his life. He's running to win a football game, if that makes any sense. He's not having to just bail out of plays and and save plays and make these spectacular plays uh, just to gain positive yardage. He's already gaining that yardage with his with his arm and with these receivers. Uh, and then, and then, if you manage to cover everybody, then he takes off, and then he he gashes you up the middle. He does it, you know, when you kind of have to settle into a coverage, uh, a coverage pattern, and you take guys away from the line of scrimmage. He's using it as kind of like a uh, sort of like that ace in his pocket, rather than his his number one go to, which is the problem you see with these other these other quarterbacks. It's just they're looking to run first. The look, the, they take exactly. one look. Jalen Hurts is a one-read quarterback. If his first read isn't there, he's running. Yeah. It's, and it's all a confidence thing, too. You look at quarterbacks. I mean, you can tell who's confident and who's not back there when you're watching a game, right? And it's all about the way that they attack when things get messy. He looks surgical, Lamar does. Yeah, you see like you see like a stone-cold killer quarterback when things get messy. They're able to stay calm, cool, and collected and not make like a scramble type of play. And my, my first thought is like, the game we're going to be talking about next. I mean, a guy who looks confident back there isn't going to do what Jordan Love did at the end of that San Fran game. No, not at all. Uh, you know, Jordan Love doing his Brett Favre. And he's, he's, yeah, he's a very good, young, bright quarterback, but Weird you're thing. not going to see Lamar make that type of play. Weird thing I'll, I'll float to you, because I agree with you. You can see who's confident or not. I thought there's one player that comes to mind immediately that always seems confident but never gets it done. Uh, I would say Dak always has an air of confidence. Yeah, and he, he's a guy like on the a, surface a has it together, yeah. but below you can tell there's just a bunch of cracks you, going on. You there. could it's tell in that, and we're going to get into we're going we have to talk about that game. Yeah, but uh, you, you could tell there was something going on with him and CD Lamb at minimum for the first half, 
and uh, there were there were some things going on on the sidelines of that game that were just completely throwing off the vibes for the offense the entire game. It's a group that looked in a mess. I mean, we're, we're going to really quickly talk about Dallas because there's so much more to talk about in the divisional round. We've only touched upon one of these games. We're almost sure. at the 20-minute mark of the first hour. But let's quickly rip off this bandy and talk about the Cowboys real quick. <laughs> How about them Cowboys? Yeah. Um, 2023 edition. So... And it's they're bringing Mike McCarthy back. Which is I just love so it. Funny. I couldn't believe it's that. Just so funny. Did you see Jerry Jones? Yeah. Did you see? He looked like he was firing everyone at halftime. He looked like he was done. And he's like, "Yeah, I think we're going to run it back with everybody." Unbelievable. It's hilarious. It's Tip- laughably bad. You know, I say it's laughably bad, and the Eagles are doing the exact same thing. That's okay. They choked worse than Dallas, but no, they okay. did. Oh yes, my! They did. No, they yes, did they not, did. dude. Yes, Dallas got forty-eight points hung on them. The Eagles were ten and one, didn't win the division. We you said on this show for two months they did not look like a team that was that by the way fool's gold. By the way, I nailed that on this very show. I said the Eagles this year. We agreed on that. Reminiscently reminded me of the year the Steelers started eleven. I know. That was obvious. Everyone and everyone and their mother said it to me. You know, I got I got a Steelers fan of mine. He's like, yeah, bitch, this looks like those those eleven and those Steelers. It's like I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot about that year. That was that was the year that uh, Big Ben and Chase Claypool and all those yeah, guys had funny. it going for for a while. Yeah, until they didn't. The Eagles were destined to collapse. I I didn't want to admit it. I didn't want to admit it, but they were. Dallas came. The reason Dallas's collapse is more embarrassing is because you didn't hear the Eagles. Yeah, we're going to win the Super Bowl. You heard the Cowboys. Micah Parsons, yeah, we're the best defense in the league. You got 41 points put up by a rookie quarterback. They were like, you know, they were talking about, yeah, we're go- this is our year, we're going to the Super Talk the entire – Dallas doesn't know how to shut up. That's why it's more embarrassing. I'm going to be completely honest. I love watching the playoffs without the NFC East in it. I think it's incredible. <laughs> I think it is awesome just because <laughs> – I don't like the Eagles or the Cowboys, yeah. and it's just like peaceful to sit back and it's watch. It's peaceful football. to enjoy a football game, yeah, right? like, like without having to hear like you I don't know, know any of the nothing NFC East that will just start chirping their you know yeah. There's nothing that'll rival talk. a Dallas collapse. Though. No, no, no. I nothing. don't think I stopped laughing for four hours straight from the start of that game till an hour after it ended. I ju- I was on the floor laughing. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. But we got to go to break. Yes, we do. First break of the show. When we come back, we will continue to dive into the divisional round of the NFL playoffs that transpired last weekend. Don't go anywhere. Plenty more sports talk here on Heavy Hitters. Welcome back in. It's Heavy Hitters. Here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. I'm Mitchell Smedley. That's Jack Heim bringing you through your 5 o'clock hour. We'll have you for the next hour as well. And uh, talking all things sports, currently talking all things NFL playoffs, yes, our inaugural are. show of the semester, and uh, great to be back. Maybe the inaugural show uh, of the semester for KUR. I believe Jack, so. I, I think it's our honor to welcome you back to student programming. Yes, live student programming during the semester. Yes, it is. Um, so glad to be here. So glad to be back. Love Absolutely. doing sports talk here on KUR. Alongside you, my good buddy Mitch. Um, We got a lot more to talk about. We have three more divisional games to run through, so let's get into it. But, quick reminder about football. Any topic you want to talk about on the show, you want to call in, get your voice heard, dial 610-683-4058. Again, that is Little Birdie told me Regs might be calling. 
4058. All right, let's get back into it. Let's talk the nightcap of Saturday. The one seed in the NFC, the San Francisco 49ers, hosting the seven-seeded Green Bay Packers. 24-21, the Niners are able to squeak by and win it, and it was no thanks to Brock Purdy. What a stupid football game. It was no thanks to Brock Purdy. Yeah. Um, Matt LaFleur has lost his last three playoff games against Kyle Shanahan um, as they were under the same coaching tree, I believe, in Washington. They were... Both coaches with Washington um, in the late 2010s. Um, Kyle Shanahan got his first victory after entering the fourth quarter down by five or more. Yeah, good for him. So it's about time, buddy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 30. <laughs> Talk uh, about the comeback kids over there, right? San Francisco outscores. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Call them the comeback kids over there. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Peter. <laughs> San Francisco outscores Green Bay 10 to zip in the fourth quarter, which was the big difference in this one. Christian McCaffrey, got to talk about him. A couple of second-half touchdowns for the 49ers, the best running back in football, uh, the machine. He is so good, he man. He is a You see his monster. long touchdown run, his 39-yard? Yep, yeah, he just made a couple men miss, look silly, and he yeah. was gone, hit the hole. Goodbye, hello, end zone. Uh, McCaffrey hit it. Um, McCaffrey also scores the game winner for yes, his second score of the day. Does uh, yeah, he's incredible. Nothing short he's of sensational. So he it, made he made so many crucial plays that are not going to be talked about. They're not flashy stats or anything. He turned so many third and tens to third and fives, second and eights to second and threes throughout that late third and most of the fourth quarter. It will not get talked about, and a lot of it went to Brock Purdy's passing yards. Oh my goodness. Especially with Debo Samuel out, Christian McCaffrey won the 49ers the football game with a lot of help from the Green Bay kicking game and some unanswered prayers. So, yes. Um, look, McCaffrey had to be the offensive and maybe team player of the game here. 17 carries for 98 yards, a couple of touchdowns, almost six yards a carry. Uh, it was a reliable checkdown option for, for Purdy all day. Like you mentioned, he led the team in receptions with seven. Only got 30 yards, but but combined that was 128 on, on, rushing He could have gone yards. for like 12 yards. He got so much extra yardage. Moving guys, uh, uh, eluding tackles, the whole thing. Christian McCaffrey is an all-around amazing football player. Has the whole skill set. He's a monster. He's great. Um, Jordan Love, though, still needs some development. He, he does. He's does a good a, quarterback, but he still has those... Uh, Young QB type tendencies in him, especially with yeah. that last throw of the game. How I mean, creepy was that? That looked exactly like the Favre play. Yeah, and then even like to oh, the I'd point argue where that Love's throw was even worse. Oh yeah, but even to the point where Dre Greenlaw keeps running it back, just like uh, who was the guy that picked off the other one? Tracy Porter. Tracy Porter. Yeah. yeah. Who you know he, he's not getting down immediately. Like game's over if Dre Greenlaw goes down, and he had like he was like circling around, gave a chance for them to. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan was not too happy about that. Well, Dre Greenlaw is a loser. For a lot of reasons. So he is not a good man. Two INTs in the divisional round showing for Dre Greenlaw, big part of why the yeah. Niners won this game defensively. Love made two mistakes. And it cost him. And yeah, it just happened to, you know, the 49ers pounced on them. 
And uh, I just don't get the thought process, man. I hate to cut you off and go back to that, but like you're under a minute left and you're throwing across your body to the middle of the field, something you never do as a quarterback. That's what your coach never to do that. Under no circumstances should you do that as a Ever. quarterback. Ever. Not only that, he threw it in a triple coverage. I mean, Christian Watson was blanketed by three 49ers defenders. It just happened that Drake Greenlaw was the first to get to the football and intercepted. Exactly. I mean, that was a horrific play. You know, at least in the next game, we'll talk about the interception at the end of that game. At least wasn't a bad throw. Uh, but yeah, that was a horrific throw from Jordan Love. Packers lose their Cinderella run comes to an end here. The, um, the Niners move on to the NFC title game yet again. There's a lot of little points in this game. One that I was watching this game with my father, and he's a big football guy, and he talked for three quarters. He would not let this go, and I think rightfully so. I believe it was early second quarter, the third and one play, whatever it was, and Green Bay got a couple of terrible spots. There was uh, the one that they turned over on downs eventually because of a bad spot early in the game. There was a play that should have been a first down uh, that was called not a first down. That was like in the third quarter. I mean, Green Bay got, you know, bamboozled here, as well as their kicker just being a, a buffoon. If he makes that, it's a tie game, and, uh, you know, we play overtime. But <laughs> Being a buffoon. He was a buffoon. I'm sorry. He was a buffoon. Was he not a buffoon? Oh, no, he was. Yeah. But, I mean, oh, my goodness. When your coach says to a journalist, that when you go out on the field, he has to say a prayer. That's a buffoon. Yeah. I think Someone, the coach is a buffoon for throwing his player on the bus like yeah, that. Yeah, that's an awful look if you're a coach. Um, but anyway, I digress. Not much to talk about in this game. I'm so excited for the NFC title game. And let's talk about who the 49ers are going to meet here. Because I think it could be a problem with the strength of the team that they're going to play. Could be troublesome. No, they're not. Could be troublesome. Niners are going to steamroll them. I would not say that. Shout out, by the way, KU's own Craig Reynolds. Yes. Getting into the end zone in the divisional round of the playoffs. And it's in the end zone for in a the touchdown. End zone. Touchdown, Craig Reynolds. Craig Reynolds. Touchdown. On his way to a monster game. <laughs> touchdown, Lions. Yeah, if you don't know this. Punches it into the end zone. It's the Madden announcer. <laughs> and he punches it in for a touchdown. <laughs> I love Madden. Bro. Oh, man. Madden's, Madden is so funny. Just kill a night, you know, just playing Madden. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. You mentioned Craig Reynolds and the Lions. Let's talk about this game. The opener of Sunday's doubleheader. Detroit takes down Tampa Bay in the three versus four, 31 to 23. Similar to the Texans-Ravens game, this one went into the break deadlocked at 10. Not a whole lot of offense going on between these two teams, but in the second half, it opened up as Detroit strung together three straight scoring drives in the middle of the third quarter and into the fourth. Uh, all those scoring drives resulted in touchdowns. Yeah, they just started trading blows at one yeah. point in this game. Um, which paved the way to their first NFC title game appearance since 1991. Yes, since 2000, the Detroit Lions have made more NFC Championship games than the Dallas Cowboys. I love that stat. That's a beautiful stat. <laughs> Only I the second that. NFC title game appearance in the Lions franchise history. So congratulations to them. Tip the cap to their fan base. They deserve it. Um, the diehard football fans of Detroit have been suffering for well too long. They deserve every second of this. Um, but don't get a false sense of uh, security in terms of getting comfortable winning. If, if there's one thing you should know about sports is that sports, uh, there, there's nothing that is given unless you're Tom Brady and the Patriots uh, and now Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs um, in terms of consistent winning. Sports shall giveth and taketh Get away. away. Yes, exactly. 
So. But shout out to Detroit fans, man. I Philly got a lot of love in the postseason for the Phillies fans being so raucous. That stadium in Detroit, Ford Field, that's the best stadium in football right now. That's the best atmosphere. You can see it on the TV. You can hear it through the speakers. Yep. That is the place to be. Buffalo was a close second. Detroit is the place, and it's a shame that they're going on the road. You're not going to be able to see that environment anymore. Yeah. Hey, 2-0, two wins. They're going to the NFC title game. I'm sure they are not complaining one bit right now. For sure. But, uh, yes, so Detroit, they they do it through the air. Ahmed Ross St. Brown had some crucial catches in this game. Yes, he did. He looked outstanding. Including that third and 15 for 16 yards, pick up the first Absolutely. down move, was, the That's sticks. the one I was thinking of, Keep man. that drive what a going play. before he scored the touchdown on that drive. I mean, that was an insane play. Oh, my goodness, yeah. To avoid the sack, first of all, to not go down. And then to come back to the football to catch it and then turn and get the first. It was an one of the best plays I've seen all around from a quarterback to a receiver this season and, and in the last few years. It was a very remarkable play between Goff and uh, St. Brown. The uh, the three-headed monster on the ground, right? David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, both with great games. Uh, Craig Reynolds with the score. Gotta love you, buddy. And Clap it Jared up. Goff just continues to look good. He continues to look effective in one of the rare trades. I know we just talked about big hauls for quarterbacks. That looks like a quarterback trade that worked out so well win, for win. both teams. Yeah, for everybody involved. So I'm very excited to watch Jared Goff against this 49ers team. Uh, This is by far a more capable team than the Green Bay Packers. I think that the 49ers won't have an easy win, but we'll get into our picks uh, in a little bit. I think this is going to be a tall order for them to get past San Francisco. Well, I think we uh, should save our picks for the end of the week. Oh, yeah. If you're not informed, which how would you be? Because we just figured this out. New time announcement, folks. Um, Breaking news. Fridays, 2-4. to Heavy hitters will be on the air. No Wednesday show this uh, this semester. Yes. No Wednesday show. So you got us Mondays five to seven, Fridays two to four, and uh, yeah, a little Friday afternoon action, a little matinee, if you will. Yes. A little correct. matinee. I like it. So works better for the scheduling for both of us. We will be glad to continue to provide a four hour total product each and every week for you. Yep. There should be no scheduling conflicts this semester at all. Um, which is a big part of the time change. If you were if you were a uh, longtime listener here, you would know towards the end of last semester we had to do some show cancellations due to some uh, scheduling issues with um, other things I'm involved with here on campus in terms of uh, sports stuff. Uh, you know, I'm a aspiring sports broadcaster, for those who don't know. And uh, some of the events I had to do for that kind of conflicted with the show. Didn't want any of that, so I had to move the time a little bit. But we are continuing to be glad to provide you Two separate days of two-hour shows here on Heavy Hitters. Uh, but Don't let him th- lie like that. He was actually just at home eating a gallon of ice cream. That time. is so false. <laughs> that, that is so false. I was not at home gorging myself on ice cream. Yeah, dude. Um, anyway. I was. Uh, no, as much as I'd love to be you know, eating ice cream because ice cream is fantastic. Who doesn't love uh, it? Anyway, I want to get further back into this game. You mentioned Jared Goff really turned it on in the second half, throwing for 188 yards and a touchdown. That one went to Aminar St. Brown, as you already mentioned. You mentioned the Craig Reynolds score, but Jameer Gibbs also an impressive uh, 30-plus yard touchdown scamper uh, for the Lions, the sensational rookie running back, the 12th overall pick out of Alabama, certainly looking like one that has paid off for Detroit. I and mean, I criticized that pick, too. I criticize. Yes, him. you and many others said criticized it was too high. that said pick. It was too high. Uh, but Gibbs is proving the doubters wrong, as in his rookie year, the Lions are 
two wins or a win away from the Super Bowl, um, which is crazy to say. How about the Lions, man? I still can't believe it. It is it is so real, though. Uh, they are moving on. Uh, but I want to quickly talk about the Buccaneers because they're in a similar spot as many of the teams who have lost in the divisional round. Despite coming up short, I, Tampa had a fantastic season. I mean, this team had zero expectations going into the year. For sure. Baker Mayfield coming off being cut uh, by the Browns and being not re-signed by the Panthers uh, comes to Tampa and reestablishes the perspective that he is a franchise quarterback in this league um what he was able to do with this offense Todd Bowles should 100% be in the coach of the year conversation I think he very well could win the could and should win the award with with what he did with this roster he milked everything out of this Buccaneers team nobody expected anything out of him they not only win the south but they win a playoff game in dominant fashion Thanks and go to go to Detroit it's part of the story you got to tell it whether against the Eagles or not um, dominated home and then go to Detroit and push the Lions for everything that they could possibly handle right down to the very end. What year was for the Buccaneers? Baker's their quarterback for the future. Um, yeah, the the Lion the, the Buccaneers have got things figured out, no doubt about that. Um, credit to Baker for believing him uh, in himself. Yeah, and, I mean, that takes and a never given up big load of confidence. Getting bounced around the league like that, oh my goodness! But you saw the flashes, right? We all saw that. Uh, was that a Thursday night or a Monday night game yeah. uh, with L.A. where he made that incredible comeback? Like, we've seen Baker Mayfield be a good quarterback. And I think, uh, like you said, credit to Todd Bowles. The couple breakout sort of auxiliary pieces to the Mike Evans-Chris Godwin show in White and Otten, really important for this team to have those other places for the quarterback to look. And it, it worked wonders for the Buccaneers all season long, credit to them on a, uh, a divisional round appearance. Not something I had on the books entering the season. Another big credit for the Buccaneers got to be the offensive coordinator, David Canales. I mean, what he he's done the last two years of quarterbacks. If you don't know about Canales' past, he was the quarterback's coach last year with the Seahawks. Big part of why Geno Smith had the big resurgence year that he did. Um, last season, this year comes to Tampa Bay as their offensive coordinator. And no surprise, Baker Mayfield has a bounce-back season. For sure. Because he coached the Baker's strengths, really. Baker was, you know, you look at Baker coming out of college, he was a guy who was a do-it-all quarterback. Not just dice you up with his arm, but he would be making plays with his legs as well. And they simplify the game plan. Just play with strengths. Play action passes and not force Baker to make too many plays with his legs. Yes, use him when he has to, but the type of athlete that Baker is is not one that transits to the NFL. He can use his legs and do what he did in the college game, be successfully but not in the NFL, and a large part of the credit to how Baker played this year, not just to his hard work and you know the quarterback that he became, but David Canales as a coach as well, needs a big-time recognition for that. But the Buccaneers got it figured out. Uh, big play to end this game, though, real quick before we move on. Lions sealed the game uh, with an interception by Derek Barnes on a pass looking for Cade Otten over the middle, just a little bit low from Baker Mayfield here, which is why it got picked off. Uh, and allow the Lions to seal the deal with a couple of kneel downs. Um, any last thoughts on this one, Mitch, before we go to our last break of hour number one? No, sir. Let's do it. All right. We're going to step aside one final time at hour number one. When we come back, the biggest divisional game that you could argue between the Chiefs and the Bills. We'll give it a full breakdown here on Heavy Hitters when we come back to round at hour number one. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters, everybody here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Jack, I'm Mitchell Smedley. We are taking you through the end of hour number one here on the 
first show of the semester of heavy hitters. So glad to be back with you, talking all things NFL at this moment in time. If you're just tuning in, what you've missed so far, we've broke and breaking down every game. We've broke. <laughs> yep, like 40 that. minutes into the new semester shows, and we've we've broke. Uh, but we've <laughs> talked about every game in length up until this point. And uh, my goodness, words, Dude. except wow for the final divisional game in the AFC. Um, let's get right into it, though. Kansas City and Buffalo. These teams inevitably seem to meet every year in the postseason. It's like Phillies Braves in baseball. Yeah. It's always the divisional round, and uh, it always goes the same way. So here it is again. The this Bills, is painful. The man. Bills get them at home. It's what they've been waiting for. Every time they've had to go to Kansas City, they finally get to host Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in their own house. And guess what? The Why story. Play? Doesn't change. There is no magical ending to this storybook for the Bills in 2023. It's the same old heartbreak and agonizing end to a football season. The Bills thought it was going to be different this year. Unbelievable. But Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, they're inevitable. Six straight AFC title game appearances now with a 27-24 to win. It was another instant classic between these two teams. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. But this one did feel a little bit different. This one was weird. This one did feel a little bit different. It felt like one the Bills could finally grasp. It felt like one that they could get with the way they played and the way things broke. But not to be. And the blame's going to go a lot lay on number two in blue. It's going to go a lot of the blame to go on Tyler Bass for missing that 44-yard field goal with under two minutes to go. Um, but I don't want to take that route. Everyone's going to take that route. I don't want to take that route. You know why? Because if he makes that field goal, I still don't think the Bills win the game. You know why? Because there's still a minute and 40 seconds left to give Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense, who was going up and down the field all day long, especially in the second half, the football back with ample time. And they only would have needed to make a field goal to win the game. They would have won. It would have been inevitable. Even if Bass tied that game, the Bills still would have lost. Nothing can convince me otherwise. Yes, you can't factually prove that statement to be true, but I am convinced that that's 100% what would have happened, and the miss field goal from Bass would have been a, uh, you know. I have a question, though. Would have been invalid. Haven't we seen this year more than any ineptitude on Kansas City in two-minute drills at the end of games? Yes, what, but. What, what happened all season? MVS, Kadarius Stoney, hey, how you doing there? Yeah, but the mistake already happened earlier in the game with that. The, the wide receivers. doesn't mean there can't be another one. No, and, it, no, it can't. But it also, if you look at the second half, the Bills defense couldn't stop them. Uh, eventually they could. This uh, this game was open, much like the, the Detroit and, who did they play? Uh, Tampa. Tampa Bay. Yeah, I know. I just <laughs> talked about it. I just couldn't think of that word. I was going to say the Detroit and Baker Mayfield game, which is accurate, but yes. not what I was going for. Much like that game, the third quarter was wide open in this game. Just score, score, score. It was like 13 to 17? At 13, something like that. Yeah, 17, um, 17, 13 at halftime. Yeah, at halftime. And then these teams just kept coming back and putting points up on the board the entire third quarter. Bills blinked first. They get stopped on third down at their own 33-yard line. And then this play is when the momentum totally shifted. Fake punt... And they give it to DeMar Hamlin. I feel like the Bills were trying to get too cute. It was 
stupid play call. It's I don't a care dumb who you're play the call. To. First you're all, in your you're inside your own thirty. Yeah, you're inside your own thirty. I mean, I, what are you doing? I think the Bills watched the Lions do it to the Chiefs, but that was in Week One. It's a different Chiefs team. They've seen it before now, and you're giving it. I, I felt like they were trying to make it too much of a storybook. Yeah, I love Demar Hamlin. What he's gone through is is crazy. The recovery and everything. He's a safety in a crucial moment in a playoff game. I don't think you should be putting the ball in his hands. No, and then they were that one stop the momentum. They were a Chiefs miscue away. Like if the Chiefs yeah, don't make the that Chiefs miscue. The field, that game could have been a runaway. Well, they do fumble it. Right? They would. It was a three point game. It could have been a seven point game or no. a ten point game. Yeah, ten point game. It's not a runaway. That's a two score game. No, but Buffalo would have been very much pinned back on their heels. They would have had to fight, but. Kansas City does make a mistake, gives Buffalo new life. But it just felt like after that third down stop and the the fourth down miscue, it felt like Buffalo really ran out of gas offensively. They get down in position to tie the game. The missed field goal, Kansas City's offense, uh, they didn't look invincible. They didn't look invincible. A few stops earlier in the game, found some more rhythm late. But, you know, they, they were not free of mistakes. I definitely think it's within the realm of possibility that Kansas City could have screwed up again, that Kansas City, I mean, really could have even turned the ball over, by the way, and the Bills could have had a chance to not only have the tie, but to win it in regulation or overtime. So I I think a lot of blame does go on Bass. Josh, by the way, more blame goes on the second and third down play calls coming out of the two-minute warning when you're launching it downfield. And some of the blame for that goes on Josh Allen refusing to check it down to an open Stephon Diggs and instead throws to the end zone. And Stephon Diggs is not without blame here because he drops a bomb Correct. play down the field that could, very well could have been a touchdown. Uh, the Bills really, there's times, you you know, there's pinpoint moments where you look at this game and they really just shot themselves in the foot. But also you have to look at it. It's the, second and ten. The, though, def- the, two the defense warning, failed man. them. The defense 100 percent failed no, they the Bills. Hundred percent failed the Bills. Wrong. I mean, if you're looking at this game, I think my biggest talking point is how the defense inevitably came up short again. No, and they were banged up going into this game, so they have a little bit of leeway, um, you know, in terms of not having their, you know, highest class athletes on the field, and you know that that's just the circumstances that Buffalo had to go into the game with. But uh, the defense 100 percent was a liability in this game, no doubt about it. Disagree. I mean. These two, these two offenses 40, surrendered the, the least the, amount of sacks. The two teams that surrendered the least amount of sacks in the NFL this year. It's so hard to get pressure on these teams. That's a factor of the game. And the defense kept them right in the game the whole time. It was never a two-score game. No, but defense the defense, kept them in the defense never made a big play for Buffalo. And, they forced a fumble at the one-yard line. They, they just couldn't get stops when they needed it. They forced the fumble 40, at the one-yard 47 line. plays for Kansas City. Eight of them went for 20 or more yards. That's almost 20% of the Chiefs' total You're plays playing against that Patrick went for 20 Mahomes. or more yards. Compared to the Bills, who had zero plays of 20 or more yards that's on because 78 plays. dropped three 50-yard so, passes. But can we... You think, that's an important stat. I mean, the defense could not get... I mean, they, the, the Chiefs had chunk plays all day long. Points. They allowed 27 points. That's not... Insurmountable. The Chiefs, especially with Josh Allen, the Chiefs are getting chunk plays all day long, all day long. Let's talk about the two-minute warning play calling, though. You come out of the two-minute warning, second and ten at the what was it, the twenty-six-ish? Because what was the field goal? Like forty-four yards that he attempted. Yeah, yeah. So you're at about the twenty-six. You have to be second and ten. First of all, you have to keep the clock running to take time away from Kansas City, assuming you score somehow, and. They didn't. They throw it deep when they could have checked it down. 
to Stefan. Uh, they could have checked it down to Diggs. They threw it, I believe, to Shakir. Uh, that was incomplete. Stops the clock. Now makes it third and ten. And they still refuse to check down or run. And uh, that was also incomplete uh, in the end zone. And then the, the yeah, Allen just had to throw it. You away. could have gotten closer. You could have tried for a first down, keep clock running, and try and get into the end zone at the gun. I agree. Like the, the, I agree play, the play calling, calling was terrible. Was atrocious by Sean McDermott. And this is a Sean McDermott staple. I mean, this is a classic. This guy has terrible play calling in every big game that he's ever coached in, in his life. Um, he's like our generation's Marty Schottenheimer. Um, if you're unaware, the guy just couldn't win big games. Um, anyway, he should coach for Dallas. Anyway, um, for Buffalo, it felt like they had the formula to win it. I mean, right? You look at the you look at the team stats: seventy-eight plays for the Bills, comparatively to forty-seven for the Chiefs. Time of possession favored the Bills: thirty-seven minutes to twenty-two minutes. Um, and they got the chief, the the classic Chiefs wide receiver mistake on the Harbin fumble inside the five yard line that resulted in a touchback. But at the end of the day, the defense was not good enough for for Buffalo. Eight plays of twenty or more yards. It's a huge stat when you're looking at it. The Bills offense had zero. The Bills offense couldn't get those big chunk plays. Um, and look, I'm convinced Buffalo will never be able to beat Kansas City in the playoffs. This had to be the year to do it. Had to be the year to do it. You got them at home. That was your big talking point. Oh, but we had to go to them every single time. You got them at home this year, and you still couldn't beat them. And, and Josh Allen Josh Allen played a flawless game. Josh Allen, is, his biggest postseason problem has been the turnovers. It's never been that he can't pass for enough yards, not that he can't throw enough touchdowns. It's been the turnovers. He did not turn the ball over in this game. They had everything happen that they pretty much needed to happen to get a win, and they still couldn't get the job done. It's it's It's... It's a tough, tough situation for the Bills to be in because you have to look at it now and go, where do we go from here? You had you had the dominant run game. You had the the Allen. Well, that's the thing. They had the dominant plays. run game, and they didn't go to it when it mattered most. They didn't use it. Well, why are you running? Why would you run the football on second and nine? On second and nine, just inside the two minute warning, because a I'm trying to get crucial yards to make the field goal shorter. Under forty yards, your chances go exponentially up. And I'm also trying to. I mean, yeah, but I'm trying to get Kansas City to use their timeouts and get time off the clock for when Kansas City has the ball. I would have gone the checkdowns. The checkdowns were working all day long. You're just swinging out to the. So was the run game. Working. By yes. the way, run game for both teams was working. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, really tough Dumb. yards, really great game. Uh, loved watching the Kansas City Chiefs run the football. It was working, but by the way, one point for for the Bills. It was technically working. But Josh Allen accounted for 72 of those yards and two touchdowns. I understand um, that. On scramble plays, not really designed quarterback runs sure. outside of the touchdowns. Uh, but Dalvin Cook, uh, not Dalvin Cook, James, James Cook, Cook. Um, he didn't really have a great game. 18 carries for only 61 yards. That's 3.4 carry. Not a great game. And but there were was, a few he was, plays where he went backwards six yards, so those numbers are a little skewed. He did, but I mean... If it's 16 he wasn't, carries for he wasn't 70 working. yards. He wasn't really working in the fourth quarter, though. He got stifled a couple of times. You look at there are a couple of drives where they had to punt in the fourth quarter. Cook got stopped behind the line a couple of times. I'm not sure I would have went to that well under the two-minute warning, considering the Chiefs' ability to step up and defend the run better in the fourth. Yeah, I think I That's agree my with main you. Point. But uh, you also have to worry about the time management, and I think that that was uh, an important factor that they neglected. And uh, obviously it came up to bite them in the rear even even worse with the missed field goal. Yeah, they should have gotten closer. They should have gotten some more yards, and they should have run some more clock. But I really don't think you can look at this and say, "Wow, the Bills' defense! Oh man, they cost them." They the didn't. They. I, I'm not going to say it's a definitive reason they lost, but they did not play a good enough game to win. I as thought a unit. they played well. 
they, they, they did well. not play a good enough game as a unit to win. They didn't play an outstanding game, but I didn't think it was a glaring, obvious weakness. I mean, a complete broken coverage on Travis Kelsey's first touchdown. Nobody in the sure. area. I mean, it happens, a, though. That was a horrific play. It shouldn't happen, though, if I you know. want to be called a well-run defense. Um, I thought it was decent defense. Not on that play. I just thought it was, it was very average defense at best. I, I thought it was a classic Bills playoff loss. I thought it was a classic Bills playoff loss. Yeah, it hurts to watch for those fans, man. And I, I feel bad for Bills fans. You know, I, it, I'm dogging on the Bills a lot, and rightfully so. But I do feel very bad for Bills fans. For, for Bill's Mafia out there, I am so incredibly sorry that you have to endure this pain every single season. Um, I, I don't know what it's like. I can't relate to it. But I, I, I am so incredibly sorry for you that you have to go through this year in and year out when it comes to your football team. So I cannot did. imagine to endure the pain that you've endured, especially if you're an older Bills fan. If you're like oh. If you're like a Bills fan that's like our dad's age, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I am so sorry. No amount of you know, sorries can can make up for what you've yeah. had to live through as a football fan. Having heard the stories of Wide Right from my father and four straight four Super Bowl straight losses. Super Bowl losses, I didn't believe him. I had to look it up. Yeah. By the way, four straight. Well, yeah, when I heard that for the first time, I didn't believe it either. I didn't believe that four straight. How Super does losses, that happen? Yeah, four straight Super Bowl losses, and now these three straight losses to Kansas City. It that is, is in, excruciating. Ugh, that man. is just so much pain. That's painful to watch. So seven much years, pain. seven years of agonizing pain. Well, the, the, the only thing, look, the only caveat about the four straight Super Bowls is that only one of them was actually a game. I mean, they got trounced in the other three. <laughs> the Cowboys still, blitzed them. The Cowboys still. blitzed them twice, and so did Washington. You're in the, the Super Bowl four Redskins. times in a row. You expect to win one of them. Yeah, and they could have, but wide right. Yeah, but anyway, you have to give it to the Giants. Anyway, we have a notebook from the uh, we oh, yeah. message from Forget the KUR notebook. We have a say. notebook from the KUR message. <laughs> Message for the KR Notebook. Yes. Attention KU students. Did you know undergraduate research and creativity gives you many of the resources needed to publish and present your work at regional, national, or international levels? To learn more, please visit www.kutztown.edu forward slash UGRC. You can also stay up to date on conferences and publication opportunities by following UGRC on Instagram at UGRC underscore KU. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right, rounding out hour number one, final thoughts on the Chiefs and the Bills. Chiefs are on to their sixth straight AFC title game. They have a trip to Baltimore I coming up stand them. on Sunday. That'll I be cannot the, stand them. That will be, I believe, the first game, 3.30 on Sunday. Uh, yes, it should be because the Eagles yeah, so, were the yep. early game last yep. year. Chiefs so. and Ravens, three on Sunday, and Lions-Niners at 6.30. Opening lines to those games, Niners are a touchdown favorite over the Lions, and the Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home over Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. We'll talk about those games. We'll give our predictions on the Friday show. Right Two here, o'clock. Right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Um, but, Mitch... Yeah, what buddy. a divisional round weekend it was. Some exciting games, really only one blowout. Yeah. Um, and that was a game for half of it. So. Yeah, it was a game for half of it. And then we had some other blowouts in the uh division or in the wild card round. Any other teams that we didn't really touch on in the wild card? Um what were those games? I'm trying to even remember that. Uh I don't think we need to talk about the Browns. No. The Steelers. We, t- we touched about all the important teams. Yeah, the important teams that got eliminated. I'd say the notable ones, at least Eagles. Uh, Cowboys, and I'm forgetting an AFC. Steelers a little bit. No, not the, St- the Steelers were the seventh. So they had no chance. 
Dolphins stand. Nah, they don't need anything. They I thought the points. Dolphins were notable. They didn't stand nah. a chance against Kansas City. <laughs> no, I got no, cold watching that game. So yeah. I actually slept through part of that game. So. Boring. All right, we're gonna step aside. End of hour number one. When we come back, plenty more to talk about. MLB tidbits, some NHL talk, and maybe some college hoops. All that and more coming up in hour number two here on Heavy Hitters. And welcome on in. A whole nother hour of sports talk begins right now, wherever you are, however you may be listening, and with whomever you may be enjoying our show. This is Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR, he's Jack Heim. I myself go by Mitchell Smedley. And we're bringing you through the 6 o'clock hour. We uh, spent the first hour talking all things NFL, and the second hour can only be described as a a hoshpodge, a smorgasbord, a melting pot of sports talk coming your way over the next 56 and a half minutes. Let's get into it, Jack. Where do we want to start? Do we want to talk? I want to talk. I want to talk about a situation that is very near and dear to my heart. I know I just asked you and then ripped it away. Yeah. Talk about giveth and taketh away. Yeah. I have something to say. Nick Sirianni should have been fired a week ago. How he is still here is perhaps the second greatest miracle. I think he's going to be the coach next year. The second greatest miracle. I can't say what I want to say. Behind I, I Reese's Peanut Butter Cups being invented. I think he is Going to go with that one. I just I, had one before the show. I he think, is a bum. He should not be back. And he's going to be back. And it boggles my mind. I can't believe this is happening. The players love him. No, they do not. Jalen Hurts and Fletcher Cox seem to. Because Nick Sirianni hypes Jalen Hurts up as some we, we, okay, actually, elite quarterback. Actually, let, let's talk about this really quickly. I was going to. Really Nick Sirianni. Quickly. Here's my problem with Nick. What does he do? He doesn't call plays. He doesn't call defense. He doesn't handle uh, replay. Oh, no, he does. He does call an offense. He just calls a It's a terrible play. offense. He calls, All right, I'll he rephrase. Calls he doesn't call offense. successful plays. He doesn't call a defense Bad at all. plays. Doesn't handle reviews. He and he lost the locker room. He lost the entire locker room. He came into this town, into Philadelphia, talking about watering flowers. He doesn't belong here. The only reason he is here is to serve as a placeholder because the real shots are called from Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman. That is the Eagles head coach. And I have to sit here and watch Nick Sirianni run his weird, weird mouth after every game, after every practice. he's a puppet? He's a total puppet. Controlled by Russia. No. Okay. (laughs) Kidding. That is wild. Control, no, controlled by Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman. Not much better, by the way, is uh, Brian Johnson, who actually is better than Nick Sirianni at calling plays. Brian Johnson should be fired. Brian Johnson, uh, has that been confirmed? There's reports that he is. There's reports that he isn't. I don't know. It's a conflicting Well, we know for fired. a fact. Yeah. Sean Desai and Matt Patricia have been fired. That was... Look, the Patricia thing was necessary. Sean Desai actually looks pretty good. The defense got exponentially worse when he stopped calling the plays. Why did you fire the one guy that showed actual improvement when he was at the helm? Uh, this it's franchise makes no sense. Uh, it's because he was not that great at his job. But c- 
comparatively, actually, he may have been getting a lot out of these players because it got so much worse when he wasn't. And look, the tackling is just... Under Pat Matricia. I mean... Matt Patricia. Did I say Pat Matricia? Yep, you did. <laughs> Pat Matricia. That's a great clip. We're going to grab that one. That's like, uh, that's like, oh, who's the guy you always butchered every time? Steve Gannon. Yes, yes. <laughs> Man, some of the you know, Eagles defensive coordinator. Hashtag right? bring back Steve Gannon. <laughs> no. never, never thought I'd hear you say those words. What the Eagles need to do. Nail their coordinator hires this time yes, around? Yes, they need to get. Oh, who did I just see they're interviewing for defensive coordinator? Oh, my goodness. I can't Your remember. mother. What? Uh, Whoa! No. But uh, I'm going to go back through my, my headlines I was I was perusing prior to the show. I just had it. And they need to bring back Frank Reich as offensive coordinator. If you bring back Frank Reich, you can keep Nick Sirianni. I don't care. Frank Reich's better uh, than anyone we've had here since he left. So bring back Frank Reich. Hashtag come home Frank. And uh, I'm going to look at that defensive coordinator name I had my eye on. It must not have been that good if I can't remember it. <laughs> Mitch. Yeah, Frank, buddy. I'm sorry I neglected you. <laughs> Frankie, come on. <laughs> I need him. I need him. He won me a Super Bowl. He actually is one of the very few people on this planet that made me happy at any point. All right. Um, any last NFL tidbits? I don't got any on my end. I know you want to get your little. Uh, that was a spiel. You, yeah, your your little. What spiel, would you do in the Eagles' shoes little, right now? What would your you little, do? Uh, tangent potential diatribe about the Eagles off your chest. Yeah. I understand. You had it had to happen. What would you do if you were in their position? I think they're in a mess. Yeah. I, I think defensively, it's just a nightmare. Yeah. I don't think there's many good players on the defense. Correct. Um, Jalen Carter's good. That's Car- a defensive line's pretty good. Yeah. I like Josh Sweat. Jalen Carter's pretty good. Also, shout out um, to the Falcons. They're going to make a big splash. The problem is Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox are just old. They're not bad. They're just no, old. No, they're just old. They're just old. They're not pieces you're going to build around. Exactly. Uh, um, the linebackers doesn't look that good. The linebackers are a disaster. Yeah, uh, linebackers, um, I didn't know we had those on this team. Yeah. Maddox is good. He's the only piece of the secondary I'd keep. Like I said, every time, like I said when James Bradbury went to the Eagles, he has one good season. And then he falls apart. Yeah, he, He's the, you know, biggest, I'm going to have a great first year and then stink after that player of all time. No matter what team he goes to, plays great for one year and the next year he's just an absolute bum. And the wild card game should have been a giant, giant exclamation point on that point, mind you. Everyone thought Kevin Byard was going to be this great pickup. Yeah, that guy stinks. We didn't think he was going to be amazing, but we thought he was going to be decent and serviceable. <laughs> and he wasn't. There's a reason the Titans let that dude go, and the Titans stink at defense. Stink. It's true. Stink. It's true. They won five games. Stink. It's true. <laughs> I get it. They're bad. <laughs> they, they were bad. Oh, my goodness. That was funny. Ah. <sighs> But yeah, no, it, it was kind of pathetic to see that tackling display in the in the wild card game against the Buccaneers. That I mean, I I I mean, as, a, as I have never felt so embarrassed. I was embarrassed. <laughs> I mean, it was funny because it was the Eagles, but at the same token, it was like as a person who likes to watch the sport of football, this is just horrible. It was Th- this just makes you want to like turn the television off and just like wow, it was that bad. Like, fundamentally... Did the Eagles of, bathe in oil before getting on the field? Fundamentally, one of the worst performances I've seen. That comes from... In, a, uh, in the playoffs. It comes from Pat Matricia. <laughs> that reminds me of the video I sent you over. I mean, how break, do you just the, uh, forget how to tackle? 
Yeah. I, I need to know that because that's not the coach. I, I'm yeah. sorry. As bad as Patricia was, that is not on the coach for getting out of tackle. Bring me Matt Pacafee to be the uh, coach of the Eagles. <laughs> that I would go horribly. That, that would go horribly. That was a great video, though. You see that, that redneck yes, guy? That was yes, funny. I did. What do you think I of that, did. Matt Pacafee? <laughs> 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 I love football, man. Um, oh, my goodness. I just can't believe that this is happening. These coaches are terrible. They all need to go. Get them out. All right. Um, we do have a message from the KU Notebook first before we get back into it. Sure. Attention KU students, have you heard about KU Bears grant funding? I haven't. The purpose of the KU Bears program is to support faculty-student research pairs over the summer. The goals are for undergraduate students to develop the necessary skill set to become student researchers and to provide faculty members with paid student research assistance. Undergraduate students selected for the program will receive summer pay for research tasks assigned by a faculty supervisor. By assisting faculty members in their research, Students selected for the program will obtain the knowledge and skills necessary for conducting advanced research in their field. To apply and learn more about KU Bears grant funding, please visit www.kutztown.edu forward slash UGRC and look under Grants and Sponsored Projects. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right, back into it. Heavy hitters. Hour number two. A lot of NFL talk at this point, and rightfully so. It is the main thing transpiring in the world of sports. We are about to enter a time after these next couple of weeks where it's going to get a little bit slow. We're going to do our best to keep it fresh, keep some nice content prepared for you. But in the meantime, a lot to talk about. Uh, I think we have certainly been thorough in our NFL discussion, gotten through all the divisional round games, circle back and talked about some of the funny moments from the wild card weekend. It's been a nice um, script, NFL. Nice so, script. I mean, everyone saw the Chiefs beating the Bills coming, and if you didn't... I didn't! You're just delusional. I'm, I'm not so delusional! Sorry. I'm so sorry. If you did not see the Kansas City Chiefs winning that game... Don't act like that was an e- It was a oh, three-point game! It was easy to see the Chiefs Oh, win. you are so I'm, okay, full of yourself. You're not, you're not understanding what I'm saying here. I'm not saying the Chiefs convincingly beat the Bills. That's not what I'm saying. But it's not like it was an easy call. But I saw the Chiefs going to the AFC title game a mile away. Oh, Buffalo was never going to win that game. What are you talking about? From a publicity standpoint and an entertainment industry, would you want the team that has Taylor Swift behind them I, moving on or I'm not? I'm sorry. I came into the I came into the game. Sorry, sorry, you know, my total bad on this one. I came into the game thinking it wasn't rigged. My bad. My I'm apologies. Say, I'm not saying it's rigged. I'm just saying logistically, which one of those teams could you see moving on? Either one. It shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. Can we like ban Taylor Swift from ever associating? But it with does the NFL matter every because it's all about it's all about thing. money. I money. get that. I get it's about money. Money. All right. So what are they going to win the Super Bowl? They're they weren't pictured on the uh, on that newscast that was advertising the Super Bowl halftime show. Yes. at the Ravens Niners game. <laughs> Hilarious, <laughs> by the way. That's my prediction for the Super Bowl. That's, yeah, it's been that my right prediction now. for a while. So I guess I'm a genius. <laughs> some so, sports books might lose some money. I wonder who's going to win the games this weekend. <laughs> These are like the most use, useless <laughs> predictions we're ever going to make. We know who's going to win. <laughs> I wonder. Is it going to be by 10 or 13? Oh, my goodness. Like, what? How does this happen if you're the NFL? Yeah. How do you make the colors for the Super Bowl, the teams every year, and then you leak it to the news? Everyone saw it coming, right? It's crazy. It's crazy. I saw the Ravens coming. I, I'm praying the Niners lose. I am praying the Niners lose. 
I hate the 49ers. Except for Christian McCaffrey, who, by the way, is a beast. They need to have, like, a best skill position player each year. Like, best MVP non-quarterback. Yeah, I feel you there. Best MVP, best most valuable player. <laughs> BMVP. BMVP. This Sunday. Uh, do you watch the Pro Bowl games at all? I don't. No. Yeah. What a waste of my I know. time. Why are they Why spending I... so much money advertising? I've seen should, so many Pro should, Bowl games commercials. They should commercials. cancel the Pro Bowl games. I agree. It means nothing. It is the dumbest thing ever. It is the worst ran all-star event in professional Sucks. sports. It's considering so bad. It's the most popular sport. Right. <laughs> the all-star event is run the worst out of any major sport. Because at least with baseball, you have the home run derby. That's eventful. That's the actual, fun. The actual all-star game itself is terrible. Um, you have the all-star game in hockey, which is fun because it's just three-on-three three and you get to see the best is players it, That the I did not know. How did I not know that? Yeah, you have just put each division against each other on three-on-three. Three. It's so fun. I watch it every wow. year. It's awesome. Um, the NBA, at least, is like the three-point contest, the dunk contest. I don't know what they're doing for the actual All-Star game anymore because I'm not big into the NBA at all. Uh, but that seems a little bit fun. The NFL is nothing. Like, yeah. the actual Pro Bowl event itself and everything that flag surrounds it is now. terrible. It is absolutely horrible. Well, now it's flag football and skills competitions. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you, what, Look at that skills Yeah, you had rookie year Mac Jones hitting the gritty because he just ran it for like a 65-yard <laughs> touchdown because he made one man miss and just ran to the end zone because nobody chased him. Mac Jones. <laughs> Mac, Mac Jones. Jones. I would put him on the top ten people in this world that do not ever deserve to gritty. <laughs> Like, exactly. Like, that's what the Pro Bowl has become. <laughs> who else would go on that list in your mind? Um, Top 10 people, top who, 10 don't people deserve, who don't from, deserve to grit. athlete perspective? I'm gonna, no, I was going to go. Anyway, I'm going to go uh, hot take. Abby Regs. <laughs> <laughs> Abby Widow, we can't hit the gritty. <laughs> I, I, I would put myself on that list. Yeah, I mean, no, me. There's, my sister took a video in a rally house parking lot of me <laughs> gwittying. <laughs> Not good, I assume. And I go, I'm Woody about to hit the Gwitty at the Wowie house. <laughs> and it did not go well. I need to see that video. Oh, no, you don't. I don't even think she sent it to me. It's okay. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it in my life ever. So, One thing I know about having siblings is, you know, because I have two siblings. Yeah, Marty. They, oh, they always love to uh, mess with you in every way, shape, or form. I embarrassed my brother this morning. So. Yeah. That was funny. Um, Good stuff. All right, let's talk about two quick MLB tidbits before we go to break. Not much to talk about, man. I, it is so Yawn. disappointing. It is so disappointing that it is January 22nd and nothing has happened since Otani and Yamamoto have signed. It has been so quiet, the most quiet offseason that I can remember. You're not enthralled by Chris Sale? It is so dumb. No, because he's going to the Braves. Yeah, I know. It's the most whiny I think you've ever said. No, he's going to the Braves, And man. the Braves are so annoying. Yeah, I hate them. So annoying. Uh, I don't I care that you've beaten them the last years in the playoffs. They have got to be the biggest nuisance to me as a sports fan. I agree. Because I love baseball the most. The thing about— Fun fact, if you didn't already know. Yeah, the thing about the Braves is that they have a an ironclad fist— over a division, right, where both of our teams play in baseball. Yeah. And baseball, it's like you get down like 10 games, it's just over. You know what I mean? Like football, Yeah, there's so few games, it's never like just over for three months. The divisions the last few years have just been over. Over. <laughs> over. Absolutely over. Not competitive. So, I don't know. It, that's why they're so annoying to me because it's like, well, now I got to look at the wild card. I don't want to look at the wild card. That's where I'm looking this year. <laughs> You're not going to get there. 
I think we can. You might. The last wild card, but we could get there. Maybe. And the Mets. I mean, realistically, right now, look, look in the NL, who do I think is better than the Mets? Braves, Phillies. Nice. Maybe um, the Marlins. Dodgers. No, I take the Mets over the Marlins. Why? Do, who made the playoffs this year? They're going to lose Jorge Soler, one yeah. of the better hitters. Yeah. That's <laughs> who in that lineup is going to be able to hit? Arise. It's him and Jazz Chisholm and no one else. I hate Jazz Chisholm. You don't like uh, Jake Burgers? No, no, no. The Marlins are done. They made the playoffs one yeah, year. They're not it. making it next year. The Mets, the third best team in the NL East. Bar none. Okay. Anyway. Um, Los Dodgers? I take, yeah, the Dodgers easily. Probably take Maybe Arizona. the Reds. Arizona. Nah. Arizona. Yes, the Reds. Yes, no. absolutely the Reds. No. Oh, totally. Totally. Easy. I don't know. Milwaukee? A lot of those teams in the NL are going to be competitive with each other. Like, it's going to be a big battle for the last couple of wild cards. Who do you think resurges first? This is probably an easy answer. Mets or Padres? Oh, Mets. Yeah. The Padres are so captured. Yeah, they're screwed. And taken out loans. You know, an unfortunate situation is their owner did just pass away. And that oh, really? Tragic. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so I did miss that. Yeah. Condolences the, out yes, to him. Condolences to him, him his family, and uh, the Padres but, community. Yeah, that happened a little bit ago. Um, gotcha. I think while we were over break, that, that transpired. But, um, yes, still still very sad nonetheless. But, yes, anyway, financially, they, they are so, so cap-struck uh, with everything. They are... Wow, I got some more bad news. They're just, done. just coming in. What? Hall of Famer, uh, Hall of Fame second baseman Ryan Sandberg has been diagnosed with cancer. Oh. And uh, he started a treatment program, so all the best to him. Best to him. Yeah. Wow. That's two pieces of uh, some sad news right back to back. All right. Well, on the other side of the break, we got some more uh, MLB talk. We'll yes, we do. NHL and uh, college hoops. If time we'll mention minutes. college football too. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. So much more to talk about <laughs> here on Heavy Hitters when we come back in hour number two. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters, everybody here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KOR Kutztown. Jack Heim, Mitchell Smedley. Hey. Going through hour number two. We were talking all things baseball, um, having a nice discussion, as we always do, on the great sport of baseball. So close to spring training, everybody. Mark your calendars. February 14th, at least for my favorite team, the Mets, is when pitchers and catchers report. Valentine's We are so close. We are on the cusp. About a month out from spring training. Games happening, I should say. Month out from spring training games. Actually, uh, the first spring training game will happen a month from today between the Dodgers and the Padres. Yeah, and then two days later, our teams get involved. Yes, they do. Phillies playing the Blue Jays. Mets in a split squad game with, was it the Cardinals? Yep. Nice. Look at Mitchie remembers over here. All right. Yeah, spring training. I watch the first week, and then I get bored. I need to watch a game that matters. I'm sorry. I do. I try to get invested in the NFL preseason. Can't do it. Spring training. Yeah, I want to see what's going on. The only thing that can happen in these preseasons is injury. It just breaks my heart. Painter and Hoskins last year. Painter and Hoskins, Jack, ripped my heart out. I hate spring training. You okay over there? Yeah, I'm actually looking at something. The Mets are changing their uh, alternate black jerseys this year. Oh. Getting rid of the white outline and making it uh, orange, I believe. Look at you. So, it's a, That's a crucial detail. 
So Jack and it's the most full scale report on the Friday <laughs> it's, show. It's the most um, you know breaking news in Mets world. Yeah, <laughs> it's the most breaking news in either of our recently. Teams. Phillies re-signed Aaron Nola, and this is <laughs> we're done. Good. It's, it's done. done nothing. Yeah, we um, are. We are good over here, man. So, uh, what was I going to say? Um, hmm. talking all things MLB. Spring training games coming yeah. up. Mets, I love how the Mets have loaded up on depth, man. They have not gotten like the the big names, but they have rounded out the edges slash corners of their roster. I think very nicely. Um, what did they win, Jack? What? What did they win? What did they do? Oh, um, they they made just to recap of the offseason. traded uh, for Adrian Hauser and Tyron Taylor. That's a starting pitcher and That's a awesome. outfielder from the Brewers. Um, in exchange for ooh, what did we give them? I don't even remember, but we gave them stuff in return, <laughs> which is all that matters. How a trade works it's usually how trades go. Trades go. It's yeah. very rare that you get a trade where it's like, hey, you give me something and I don't give you something. Yeah. <laughs> but if there were, anyway, Lord, um, would the Browns accept it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway. Um, so we, we, we got them signed Luis Severino to a one year deal. Um, geez, just a lot of depth moves, man. Not a lot of stuff that I pops. like the Severino move, but got Sean Manaya. Oh, <laughs> on a one, one from Manaya. Boom. So, and he's done it again. He had a sweeper at the end of last year and pitched to a two five Oh ERA in his last five appearances. So I like Boring. that. I like that. I like that. I like that. Anyway, I didn't like that. Anyway, why <laughs> did you get so close to the mic? I don't know. I don't know if anyone else out there is listening with headphones on right now. I, Jack just got all up in my ears. I. It's like tickling me. <laughs> I don't like Aww. it. <laughs> anyway, back um, up, Jack. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the reliever market here. A couple of a couple of relievers here signed in the last couple of days. Josh Hader to the Astros on a five-year, $95 million deal to form an elite trio in the back end of the Astros bullpen. And from the facial expression of my counterpart over there, uh, my partner in crime, Mitchell Smedley, on this show. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He doesn't we have like not it. committed a single crime. It's a yet. expression. I'm not happy. So. Yeah, no, no. Brian Abreu, Ryan Presley, and now Josh Hader in the back end of that Astros bullpen is very Why? scary. Why very do you scary. need that? Very, very scary, actually. If the Astros have a lead going into the seventh inning, it's pretty much a lock that they're going to win. Pretty much a lock. Because, my goodness, that's insane. Why do you need that? That is not... But why? That's not good. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, the Mets might sign Hector Neris. Or Aldis Chapman. I don't hate either of those. More so would want Neris. Yeah, I was going to say, you really want Chapman? So, hey, he's two-time World Series champion. Whatever. 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 Um, it was the Orioles who signed Craig Kimbrell. Good for them. Enjoy that. Enjoy that. It's like an an ancient fossil. <laughs> My goodness. I just, I can't believe it. I can't believe that we're not going to get anyone important. Just bring me Adam Duvall. He's down to the Red Sox and Angels. Make a better offer. <laughs> womp womp. Why? <laughs> I wanted Adam Duvall. Oh, man. What about Snell? 
I would love to see the Mets bring in Jorge Soler as a DH. No, I wouldn't. Oh, I would. I would Him not. and Pete Alonso back-to-back would you be You are insane. really not supposed to touch <laughs> that. I would love that. Get Jorge Soler on a couple of relievers, and I am feeling great. Why are we sitting on our hands like this? Like, what's the Snell market now? Um, not going to Philly. Why? Yeah, just because he won't. <laughs> Fine. I don't want you anyways. You broke Bryce Harper's finger, I and think, I will never forget it. I don't think the Phillies. I think the Phillies aren't going to do anything, really. Really, I, I think they're. I think they're just going <laughs> to. The reaction of Mitchell. I'm sorry for all those who um, are listening because you would not have not, are not able to. Witness what you can't see is that really a problem, Jack? Um, What's oh. wrong with not seeing? <laughs> I'm more meant six one zero six eight three forty fifty eight. Is Jack Heim hating on blind people? No, no. I'm just saying that you can't see what um what what you just did. Yeah, yeah. That expression. <laughs> Mitch just violently shaking in his chair and clenching his face. Uh, clenching and, his face. Yeah, he's like 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 tightening up all his facial muscles. That way, he's like forms an expression of intense anger. I'm just thinking of something I really agree with. So that's a Bill Burr line. Anyway, oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway, I'm not cold. I'm not cold. I'm just thinking of something I really agree with. So, yeah, hater to the Astros and one more. Robert Stevenson to the Angels on a three year deal worth thirty three million. Why would you go there? Spent last year with the Pirates and the Rays split. Uh, Why would anyone want to go there? And as it had a successful run with the Rays, who are just the you know pitching factory of the East, uh, as the Dodgers are the ones in the West. Uh, two point three five ERA and thirty one and a third, thirty eight and a third innings with the Rays last year. Had sixty strikeouts to just eight walks and ten earned runs allowed. Um, do you understand? I'm going to have to watch a whole nother year with Jake Cave as the premier bench bat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is the Phillies bench looking like? Jake Cave and Edmundo Sosa. <laughs> Anyone else? Is uh, oh Johan Rojas if he's not playing center field. <laughs> Yohan Rojas. That was the exact thing you could have said to set me off. (laughs) Why does he still exist on a team? By the way, I'm I'm creating a a video right now. I have the perfect song to put behind it. Uh, I need a compilation of all of Johan Rojas's. That's a great time for a call. Johan Rojas's. uh, Clap it up. (laughs) We're going to call our Mitch. is going to screen him real quick. Uh, Look, the Phillies have done nothing. The Mets have not done a whole heck of a lot. Uh, as we're going to get a word from our first caller of the semester, we're back with the Collins. Who are we talking to? Ruben, how we doing, Rube? Oh, I'm great. I'm a Ravens fan now, and I got in trouble here at the nursing home because I threw out all my Eagle stuff out in the hallway. I just got mad one day, threw it all out in the hallway, all the junk in the hallway, and they cited me for littering, and I don't care. And then I had one of the nurses help me get on the interwebs there and order a whole bunch of Ravens merch. I'm wearing Ravens hat. I'm wearing Ravens shoes. I got Ravens everything, boy. They're going all the way. Ra- all right, Rube, what is the Ravens version of, uh, of like the E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles chant? What's their version of that? You gotta learn it. I'm still learning. Hey, I'm, I'm brand new. I'm brand new fan. I'm still learning, but you okay. gotta give me credit. I'm done with the Eagles. I'm not gonna go back. I'm You're done. not gonna. This is a forever thing. Oh, this is forever. Ruben, it's over. It's over. What are you an Orioles fan now? Until until they. Well, sure. Why not? It's just down the road another three hours. Who cares? You gotta work for my fills. I guess. I don't think they're going to 
going anywhere. I believe with that. I, 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 you're, you're Go right O's. What's his, what's his name, Joe? I, I, I always forget you guys' name. <laughs> Jack, Jack, yeah. Jack, he, Joe. he said the, the Phillies are not going anywhere. I agree with him. They're not going anywhere. No, I, I, Orioles. I've said the same thing, Rube, because they're not doing anything. They're not, they're not movers and shakers. They don't have that drive. Hey, Ruben, you can follow Craig Kimbrell. It's all boring. <laughs> What'd you say there? You can follow Craig Kimbrell. Right and down 95. From the from the pudding cup in the cafeteria to the hallway with the Eagles gear, sounds like you throw almost better than Craig Kimbrell. You know, they told me that I want one more anic like that and I'm gone. I'm evicted. <laughs> I don't care. Evicted. I don't care. I'm, evicted. I'm, 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 I get worked up. Sports gets me worked up. Watch out, Rube. If the if the Ravens lose the Super Bowl, you can't go getting evicted. All right. Uh, I don't know. I can't guarantee it, man. I can't guarantee it. <laughs> Ruben, what do you got on the Flyers? It. What do you got on the Flyers, Rube? That, that's the next Philly sports team. What's your prediction there? Uh, they're going to go all the way. I, oh! I have good feeling about them. Yeah, I'm just mad at them at, at baseball and football in Philly, but but basketball and hockey, I have a good feeling about it. I have a good feeling. Okay, Ruben, predicting a Stanley Cup champion, Philadelphia Flyers. Let's go. I like the energy, Rube. But, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, if you got a the court Super date Bowl. for that citation, definitely get over there. The Super Bowl, they're going to, the Ravens are going to win, uh, let's see, uh, 45 to 21. All right, well, they got to get there first, but I love the enthusiasm. Oh, they're going to get there. All they're right. Gonna get there. Perfect. Rube. I'm tired of, the, I'm tired of this, 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 Mahomes and Taylor Swift and all this stuff. <laughs> So annoying. About Taylor Swift. Back in my day, we listened to good old-fashioned big band music like Glenn Miller and Tommy Dorsey. I don't want to listen to the Taylor Swift. I get it. Rube, I heard that you called our New Year's broadcast, so I didn't get to say it yet, but Happy New Year. Happy yeah, New Year. why weren't you there? Um, I was I was tied up with some other stuff. I was busy. Yeah, you were tied up all right. You should, this is your number one priority. You should be there. You've the been disappointed by Philly sports as much as I have. I didn't want to come up here and talk about it even more on my holiday. You know how it goes. You're out here getting citations. I'm not allowed to take a day off. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought, Ruben. I love you. Ruben, you always find a way to make us laugh. Oh, my goodness. Hey, all right. Have a great rest of your night. Thank you for the call, Ruben. Go Ravens. Greatly appreciate it. Greatly appreciate it. Ruben is a Might be the best call yet. Legend on this show. Might be the best one yet. Unbelievable. (laughs) You were tied up, all right. What does that mean? What do you mean by that? What did I do? <laughs> oh, How did she know? <laughs> oh, good grief. How did all of them know? All right. Let's pivot here. Let's talk some hockey here. Yeah. We're about 25 minutes till the end of the show. Let's talk about the <laughs> presumed Stanley Cup champions. Let's do it. Let's start. We're going to go division by division here. Give you a little snapshot of where we are at in the season. Let's start with the Metropolitan Division. The Rangers leading the pack in a tight race. Seven points in this division, by the way, mind you. Separate third and seventh place. Isn't that, that is crazy? how close it is. Uh, but the New York Rangers leading the way. Their last time out, 5-2 win over Anaheim. They trail 2-0 in that game. Rally for five straight. Um, a little bit of a acrobatic style of goal for Chris Kreider in this game that made it 4-2 for an empty netter. Iced this one in favor of the Rangers. They continue to rock and roll 60 points as it stands through 46 games. Has them in first place, plus 18 in the goal differential. Rangers leading the way. But the surprise team in the Metropolitan, and maybe the surprise team of the year. Let's go. The Philadelphia Flyers in second place right now through 47 games. They have 56 points, plus 9 in the goal differential. 25-16-6 on the year. Last time out, a rough loss. They've dropped their last two after winning five in a row. 5-3, a loss at home at the hands of the Ottawa Senators. A tough one. 
against one of the bottom feeders in the league. They were leading this one too. Is Ottawa? Yeah, they, they had the lead. In this Ottawa game. had the final three goals. Before that, though, a uh, more heartening loss, I guess, with uh, Flyers going down by three on two separate occasions to the. Oh my goodness! Why did the team just escape me? The Avalanche, Colorado Avalanche, and uh, the Flyers came back, got within one, and uh, almost tied it before a uh, you know a, another goal in an empty netter. Made it look a little more lopsided than it actually was. Flyers fighting all game long, all season long. The Flyers have been uh, fighting tooth and nail no matter who they're playing. They uh, just came off of a five-game win streak with wins over the Canadians, the Wild, the Jets. Uh, the um, I forget who the other team was there. But, uh, yeah, really some good hockey being played here in Philadelphia. The Stars, by the way, the Stars. Yeah, I would be the Stars. Yeah. Flyers dominated the Stars 5-1, to one, and uh, Owen Tippett had what might be the goal of the year. Did you see the replay? Yeah, that was pretty good. That was nasty. Spinorama. So. Now, Connor McDavid's won against, uh, who was it? Oh, I forget. It was nasty, though. Yeah, I bet. So Connor McDavid, he's, uh, he's, just he's an okay hockey player. He is know. a he's a non-human specimen. Correct. He was built in a lab, actually. Yeah. Um, reports have come out. Heard the athletic that Connor McDavid was, um, you know, Adam Shifter reporting. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he was bioly uh, bioengineered in a lab. I got to watch a lot of Flyers hockey over the break, and I was not disappointed. Loving watching them, been loving it. So funny tidbit about that center Flyers game: former Flyer Zach McEwen scored in that game. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Linda's favorite Flyer. Yep. That's funny. So. Moving on. They got a nice goaltending duo. Uh, Carter Hart not having a great year, but uh, Sam Harrison. I don't know who that guy is. Playing well. He's weird. I don't know how he's good. I, I don't either, but With that he's, name. he's having so good. Sam Samuel Harrison. That's a that's a goalie name. It is. Right, not as good as Carter Hart. Seems like a weird name. He's just, I don't know. It's just weird. I like but, that. This is a typical John Tortorella team, man. Gets the most out of the players. It's even a good coach. Even though it's, it's rare the, that we have that here. Even though it's not the most talented roster in the world, he just finds a way to get the most out of them, get them to win. A lot of these young guys, I mean, really rounding into form. Travis Konechny's an all-star. Uh, he's not really young anymore, but, you know, just so many of the young guys, like the Tippets of the world, this Drysdale came in immediately making an impact, uh, thanks to Cutter Godier. See ya, fool. Cutter Gauthier. See you later, buddy. Yeah, he's out of here. And uh, just all up and down the lineup. The forwards, the defenders, so many young guys making so many contributions. You really love to see it. So, so proud of the Flyers to this point. Yes, uh, it has been a good a good season thus far. Still a long ways to go. Yeah, we're only just over halfway through. So, But very promising signs going forward for Flyers hockey. You know, this was going to be a team that was adding Gauthier. Gauthier? Gauthier? Gauthier, yeah. I've heard it Gauthier the most, but Gauthier. I, I, I say I say Gauthier. That's how I say that. Gauthier. I don't know. Gotcha. I, um, I don't know. Like, there's, it's weird. It's a weird last name just because there's, like, yeah. Canadian people named that and American-born people named that. Like, Cutter is. Cutter's American-born and has that last name. That's weird. G-A-U-T-H-I-E-R. But it, the Canadians say it Gauthier. I don't know if in, in if you're born in the States, it's Gauthier. It's Gauthier. Ew. No, no, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up there, partner. That is disgusting. What? <laughs> anyway, so Gautier, uh I don't like it saying that way either. I, I like, like it. Anyways, what was I? Yeah, they were supposed to be adding him and Matt V. Mitchkoff, 
great name, by the way. Maybe the best hockey name I've yeah, heard. Yeah, Matt Vaymichkov. Matt Vaymichkov. That's incredible. Like, that just sounds like a force. Uh, it does. They were going to be adding both of them. Gautier obviously didn't work <laughs> out. He's gone. Mitchkov still on the horizon along with a myriad of uh, other young talent coming up through the flyer system. This team is going to be good for years to come. Most exciting team in Philly, I'd say. I've asked this people, who do you think? I've asked, did I say I asked this people? Yes. I've asked this question to people. Who do you think is the next team to win a championship in Philly sports? Phillies seem to have hit a wall. Mm. Eagles have hit a wall. The only one surging right now is the Flyers. The Sixers never get it done. Sixers are a guy or two short. I don't know, man. The I don't Flyers see it happening good, soon. Flyers keep adding. I think it's going to be a couple of years, but it could be Philly. But they're all from Philly. Oh, it could be the Flyers. <laughs> Sorry. I think Philly, yeah, the next team to win a championship in Philly is probably from Philly. Yep. No, that, that's a that's a bull take. Dude, Mitch. what are the odds on that on DraftKings? So. <laughs> uh, yeah, at this current moment, it seems like it could be the Flyers. Although the Phillies have gotten close. Very close. So do the Eagles. Painfully close. <laughs> painfully close. It's almost like they got it, right? No. So. It's not. All right. Anyway, that's going to take us to our final break of today's show. When we come back, we will finish our hockey discussion. Um, and if time permits, we'll touch on the collegiate level of men's basketball and football as well. If, man, that was a little bit ago, though. So that's a little bit lower than the priority We have list. a duty to update the people. The, I mean, if you don't know by now... Uh, Spoiler alert, it happened. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Michigan wins. It happened a well a, a over two weeks ago at this point. Michigan won the national championship, if you're unaware, on college football. All right, we're going to step aside one final time today. When we come back, more NHL discussion ahead on Heavy Hitters. Welcome back. Heavy Hitters rolls on into its final segment. Jack Heim banging on the table over there. Very excited to get into these last 15 or so minutes. And uh, what a show it's been. We've covered so many topics. More topics than anyone else, quite frankly. We've covered a lot of uh, NFL. Subject matters. MLB, NHL. We had maybe the best Ruben call yet. The the citation is crazy, by the way. And if you missed this episode and want to listen back to any portions of it, or all of it, um, if you so choose, you can do that on Spotify by by searching Kutztown University Radio. All of our shows are uploaded to Spotify if you want to listen back. Absolutely. Bingo. And do we think the citation's real? Can you get littering put against you for just throwing stuff into a hallway? I don't know. If so. Someone, I didn't think about that. If so, someone on our on our bus to IBS last year is in deep trouble. <laughs> Ooh. That's fire. Speaking of, it's already almost... <laughs> That's you know, crazy here. close, man. We're like just uh, just over a month away from mm-hmm. that being here, which Correct. is insanity. That'll be a week from next Thursday, or a month from next Thursday. All right, maybe it's not that close. A month from next Thursday, yeah. Yeah. Still a little ways out. Yeah, Five still a, a little weeks. bit ways away. Yeah. Don't panic yet. <laughs> but uh, after that, then it's like spring break, and then yep, semester flies by. Then I'll be graduating. Yeah, I know, dude. Your last, uh, your last first My day last, of a semester. Yep. How well, was it? It was an experience. I didn't even really think about that um, today it's at crazy. all. I'm sorry to make you. So, no, it's okay. It's all right. Look, we're gonna miss you to some extent, and I'm gonna miss this place. Um, but yeah, look, every chapter comes to an end at some point. Right? Every rose 
has its thorn. So as as fun as it's been, uh, as bittersweet as this semester is going to be, because uh, town's given me a lot of things that I'll always be grateful for. So I'm um, not trying to get into a like little a bit of a sob life story. Supply of, life supply of parking tickets. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So. By the way, you see the new uh, dining methods? I did. Up there at Cub Cafe. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm not. It's buffoonery, in my opinion. So that's why we play a disclaimer at the top of the hour, everybody. Yeah. I'm not affiliated. Differentiating our opinions from those associated with the universe. Correct. It's buffoonery that yeah. I didn't go four times. That's what I meant to say, actually. You what I don't like is how they changed out the Coke Freestyle machine. I love that change. By This is... Credit to whoever made this decision in dining services. Thank you. They have limited, two reasons. They have limited the drink two reasons. by tenfold. Now, listen here. Number one, more accessible. There's no screen. I couldn't use the old one. Thank you very much. So, ADA compliant, we love. Secondly, oh my goodness. Have you ever had a drink from one of those free freestyle machines? It tastes awful because all the same drinks come out of one spout. All the different drinks come out of the same spout. It's disgusting. That's why you got to, like, rinse it out. Oh, I shouldn't have to. I'm in a hurry. I'm in a hurry. I'm in a hurry. Uh-huh. I'm in a hurry to get things done. Oh, I rush and rush until life's no fun. Yeah, I, I love the uh, the actual soda machine up there in Cub Cafe. I had a Pepsi the today. Soda? Had a Pepsi today and loved it. It was actually, it was kind of flat. Pepsi How does that Coke. happen on the first day? But, dude. Whoever's making the uh, chicken nuggets today, they were piping hot. So, Loved it. I had a wrap today. Pretty good. Nice. Yo, so. everyone's getting the wraps. The wraps are where it's at. Dude, I saw a bunch of people getting the wraps today. Wraps are good, man. Yeah. I had a nice little turkey and cheese wrap, turkey provolone. Let's uh, let's wrap up our food discussion here and transition back into some sports talk. <laughs> yes, That's what let's you do came it. here for. Yeah, let's get back into the sports talk. You're <laughs> right here. Uh, we talked about the Metropolitan. On division, let's move on to the Atlantic rounding at the Eastern Conference. No surprise, the Boston Bruins are on top of this division. Uh, they are well ahead of the pack. Um, the next closest team is within seven points, I think. Uh, but then after that, it's a steep drop-off. They are 11 points out of third place, being Toronto. Uh, and then Tampa and Detroit are jockeying right in the middle of the pack in this division. Um, so, yeah. Despite Austin Matthews' incredible season, the Leafs only have 54 points through 45 games. So, yeah. Um, surprise team in the Atlantic for me. I mean, I, I bookmarked a surprise team in my mind for each division. It's got to be Ottawa. They're in dead last through 42 games, only 35 points. Um, a lot of people had high expectations for this team to be able to push for a playoff spot, and they have done the exact opposite. I was thinking about... It's like you the know, Mets of the NHL. Putting Buffalo right there with them with only 44 points through 46 games. Uh, it's been a rough go of things for the Sabres, a young team who I thought had a bright year in front of them. But not to be at this point. Uh, it's, it's been disappointing for both these squads sitting at the basement of the Atlantic Division. I agree. Yeah, very disappointing. So, uh, yeah, you covered everything in that one. So, All right. On to the Western Conference, let's start with the Central. I would love to be a little bit more creative here in terms of my surprise teams, but the team who's winning the division has to be the surprise team uh, with how out of nowhere they have come. Correct. The Winnipeg Jets are leading the Central Division in a jam-packed top three. Uh, Only four points separates first from third, as the Avalanche and the Stars are right there with them. After that, it's a steep drop-off. Nashville's in fourth place with 51 points. It's really 
pretty much three teams and then the rest of the pack in the Central Division. Uh, but Winnipeg has to be the surprise team. No one saw them coming uh, in terms of leading the Central Division uh, in the late stages of January. What a what a year it's been for Winnipeg. Um, I'm so excited to see them back in the playoffs because they have an electric home atmosphere. Uh, they do a whiteout for the entire playoffs. So that's it's cool. incredible. That's so cool. It's just a sea of white, and plus their fans are so rowdy. It gets so loud. For sure. As is commonplace among the Canadian markets. Commonplace in the NHL. Playoff yeah. hockey is electric. Oh, the Islanders have one of the best playoff playoff atmospheres in the league. No doubt about it. And I know we haven't gotten to see it. Flyers have one, too. So. Flyers have one, too. Players, I, I, what made me so happy was when the Islanders met Tampa in the conference finals and the second time around when they were actually in the home environments. To see all the Tampa players be like, wow, this place isn't spectacle to play in just because the home fans make it so loud. Like, that just makes you feel good as a fan of a team. Sure. Yeah, so. I know. It's, sure. it's yeah. been said about Philly. Why not? For Why not? Uh, years we've been doing this, so welcome to the club. Welcome to our club. Welcome to our club. Welcome, Squidward. Uh, yeah, I think he nailed the surprise team. Winnipeg had an eight-game win streak, snapped by your Philadelphia Flyers. Fourteen-game point streak. It was uh, it was impressive. So credit to them. And uh, like you said, no one saw them coming. That's you could say crazy. another surprise team would be the Wild with how bad they are. I mean, they're seventh in this division, only forty-five points through forty-six games. Yeah, it's that's been, wild. It's been a rough go for Minnesota, a, a talented team on paper, really. I mean, the Matt Zuccarello, Kirill Kaprizov, Mark Andre Fleury, and goal. I mean, this is a team who was, I think, a Mark Andre Fleury is one of those guys. I hear his name, and I, I, uh, you can't think of him as anything else but a penguin. No, I think of him as I, I just hear the voice of Doc Emmerich. Yeah. Oh, what a save by Fleury. What a save by Flurry. That was actually pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Dude, I saw a. Uh, I think of the. Uh, I saw a TikTok of a fantastic Mike Emmerich impression. It's like this guy, they were like hanging out on like his porch or whatever. Oh my goodness. He was. Oh, he nailed it. He was just narrating their their night. Whoa. Their night. And <laughs> he did it in a Doc Emmerich impression. It was fantastic. All right. Legend of the sport, by the Before way. Before we get back to uh, hockey talk and rounding out the show, we do have a message from the KUR Notebook. Attention, KU community. Want KUR at your event? No problem. Go to www.cutstown.edu forward slash KUR. Find live events slash remotes, read the reminders, and fill out the form. Our promotional director or an e-board member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks' notice to even consider your event. No exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right. Getting back into it here. Hockey discussion. Let's talk, lastly, about the Pacific Division. The Canucks leading the way in the Pacific. Head coach Rick Tockett has brought a sense of a revitalized sense of of stability and a incredible atmosphere to this team. Elias Patterson has been nothing short of sensational. Quinn Hughes is one of the best defensemen in the league. Um, they, they are just firing on all cylinders as this group. Thatcher Demko is an incredible young goaltender. They lead the way with 66 points. Um, that is the best record in all of hockey through 46 games. They're 31-11-4 and uh, and a plus-57 goal differential. They have been insane, um, even outperforming the reigning Stanley Cup champion Golden Knights by some margin. So, tip of the cap to Vancouver, another Canadian market, um, you know, getting a high this year uh, in terms of feeling at the top of the sport. Yeah, a lot of teams that uh, have been downtrodden in the last decade or so. Yeah. Really coming to life this year. Love to see that. So, good for the sport. 
absolutely great. I don't sport. think there's a sport where there's more parody than hockey. Really? I thought you hate parody. I do, but I I do. But it is good to see. Like, it's not good for a sport to see a team be so like. I don't know why you hate parody so much. Parody parody brings mediocrity. No, it does. Yes, it does. No, the no. NFL is a prime example. Of that. Okay, but the thing about the NFL. All right. I'm sorry that I, and we're not going to go down this full rabbit hole. I'm sorry that I like a league where actually all the teams are relatively on the same level and look relatively mediocre to each other, even though they're the best athletes in the sport anywhere. Whereas college, you have guys that are just so clearly above each other and you watch the play like, wow, that team's so good over at Michigan. It's like because they're playing people that just can't compare to them. Pro sports should be parody. You should have a lot of good players. That's what it is. I'm sorry that you like college and seeing 63 to 7. I'm not just saying about the NFL. I'm just like, I like I love the MLB. MLB has a lot of parody. And we just said it's annoying that the Braves win the division by 15 games. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, the MLB does have a lot of parody, which is why I see you don't see a lot of repeat champions. Exactly. Um, but like that's a good type of parody, I think. Like, like there's there's You like where divisions are over by by the fourth of July? There's no chance for a rundown? And not every division is that way. A lot of them are. I like I like when it's close. You have a lot of playoff implications. And You're going to see the AL. Look, the AL East is going to be competitive. I think the, both the Centrals will be competitive because there's not one definitive best team in those divisions. I, I think the AL West should be fun with the Rangers and Astros. The only division I think that's going to be clear-cut over, the two, the only two divisions I think are going to be clear-cut over by July 4th will probably be the NL West and the NL East. And maybe at that. I think Baltimore is going to crush everyone in the east i don't know about that dude i do look they're young they're fun but they're not like head and shoulders above the rest of the pack i think the yankees will be very competitive i think the blue jays will feel a very competitive roster the rays will hang around as they always do the only team i think is going to be clearly completely out of is the red sox because they're choosing to act like a uh, hot take i think the reds separate a lot from their division cubs are pretty good yeah, I like the Cubs. I like the Cardinals on a potential bounce back to be just in the race. The Cardinals are going to have pitching now. I, I wouldn't even count out the Pirates. Not to make the playoffs, but they're going to be competitive. No, they're not. They're going to be competitive. Oh, 100%. 100%. That, that's an organization trending in the right direction. They're not there. They don't have everything figured out. But they're they're on the right path. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. By the way, back to hockey, though. Surprise teams, I think, in the Pacific. Canucks, uh, you know, no one saw that coming. And I think the Kraken are underperforming. You know, they're in sixth in the Pacific. Um, you know, after a playoff appearance and making the second round of last year's playoffs, they have fallen off quite a bit. So, at this stage of the game, yeah, I mean, there's always we're halfway through, like we say for yeah, these we still have teams in the a little bit under direction. forty games to go. Yeah, so time to turn it around. The still. Kraken, they, they, I think they will turn it around. I think they're gonna. I don't know if they're going to have any sort of run at all, but. I think they will play better than they did in the first half. I want to talk about a team that turned it around and looked no further than the Edmonton Oilers in this division. Correct. I mean, they were off to a putrid start. 2 10 Everyone and one. thought that this team might just blow it up. 2 you know, 10 and 1. Trade McDavid. 15 and right saddle out of here and, and blow this whole thing up and start from square one. And they got 24 and 5. Yeah, they've pieced it together and they are incredible. Third in the Pacific. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. See. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That is. Uh, that's about it, though, Jack. I mean, we covered a lot of topics. That Great is. to be back in the saddle. Absolutely. It's going to take us right to the end. About a minute left in the show. Like, I want to say thank you yep. to all those who've tuned in, whether it's been partially or the whole time. Thank you to our caller, Ruben. Um, and we look to have, look forward to having that was a great, that was more legendary. callers in the future. Ruben. Ruben, call up. 
sometime between 2 and 4 on Friday. You just want to repeat that. Yes, new time. Friday is 2 to 4. No longer Wednesdays, 5 to 7. New time. Monday show staying at the same time, but the Friday shows at a new time, or our second shows at a new time. No longer Wednesdays. Friday is 2 to 4. So tune in there here for Sports Talk um, on KUR. Great to be back for the semester. Great first show, Mitch. Great to be with you. NFL Talk um, was plentiful in this show. We touched on MLB and NHL as well. Um, but, yeah, we'll be back on Friday previewing the weekend ahead of Football Conference Championship weekend. Um, yeah. Deciding who's going to go to the Super Bowl. I I wonder. I wonder. Wonder who it could who be. It could be. Right. It's a mystery. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will be back on a Friday. Take care until then.